0: Okay. Well, um, I found that time of praise and worship together really powerful. And um, for me, it comes at a very relevant time. Um, mainly because I'm tol- talking on this and it helps me, like so so recalibrate. So if I, <laughs> if I just try to explain what's going on so then we can, uh, <laughs> I can get it out in the open and I can hold myself together. Um, there's a passage that I want to really look at that the essence that I want to get from it is the God that we're looking at. And just when we were praising just then, I just thought, I just caught a sight of him again. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And um, it was like, look, at <laughs> Sorry, I'll be with you in a second. <laughs> it was like looking through a cloud where suddenly it, it opens up and you see God's, God's face again. And when Dad first asked that question, what are some of the things that we can we can tell out? I saw what was really struggling. I was thinking, come on, come on, there's some things. And I thought, oh, there's this thing and there's that thing. But we kept, went into that time and Mark did a fantastic job of leading us. But just like, Wow, this is our God. This is our God. This is who we know. And um, one of the things that came back to me, you know that song? He's jealous for me. Um, It's a I think Jesus Culture song. And just God was reminding me, uh, what how ferocious His jealousy is for me, how far He would go for me, and how ruthless He would be on my behalf. And that's that he would send his son he would give his son for us and just that, that's what I want you to have in the back of your minds as we go into this because it can some of this stuff could get a little bit lost in rules and instructions but let's come back to this God that is so jealous for us that he would be ruthless enough to give his son, that he would be Reckless enough to give himself as he given himself. So th- this is the God that we're, that we're talking about. And, um, and so just just have that in your mind. Um, it is a big passage today. Um, let me laser. Thing. Oh, there we go. Okay. So, so it's a big passage. So let, let's, let's read it here. When tempted, no one would say... God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they're dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's fully grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruit of all he created." Okay, the, the, it's a big passage, but I, there's two main main points that I want to, to draw out of this. And so, I'm going to ask you to wonder with me while I meander through it. So. I, I would try and be as clear as possible and come back to the point that I'm making, but uh, you have to bear with me a little bit. So, let's get us all on to the same page on some definitions. So, it talks about being tempted. So, temptation, I'm working on the definition. A desire to do something, especially something that is wrong or unwise. Yeah? So, just bear that in mind. Then, sin. This is the act of going beyond a set boundary or limit. So, one, one's the desire. The desire isn't the sin. The sin is the act. And by the way, when I'm saying act, to, to dwell on something is an act. Yeah, to, to think in a certain way. Remember Jesus talked about if you commit adultery in your heart, you've already committed it. It's, it's the act is also the thinking. Now, how do they relate together? Temptation can lead to sin if I choose to open the door to it. Choosing to open the door is yielding to the temptation. Fulfilling the desire that you have. So that's just to get us on the same page. Now the first thing when I read that passage that stuck out to me, don't say God is tempting me. And my mind first thought, well, Does he not tempt us? I'm looking at the tree, and I'm thinking, wasn't God tempting Adam and Eve by putting the tree in the garden? To me, that looked like entrapment. He put it there. Why did he put it there? He didn't need to put it there. Was that not God trying to tempt us? So I thought about it and wrestled with it for a little bit. And then um, I concluded, no, God was not tempting Adam and Eve. For, for three main reasons. First of all, the tree, and remember it was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It had a purpose, but I believe the time hadn't yet come. So, by eating of the tree, we would know what's good and what's evil. Now, God always intended for us to, to know that. It talks about in John 16 that the Holy Spirit comes and teaches us what is good and what's evil. And so it's always God's intention. It wasn't a bear trap that was set and he was, go on, step in it, step in it. Because it come back to, who is the God that we're talking about? The God that would be so jealous for me, so ruthless for me. That's not in his heart. He gave strict instructions. He was very clear. He didn't kind of wrap it up in some kind of um, riddle. He was very clear, don't, don't eat of this tree. And he provided enough alternatives So God could have made us subservient robots, people that are just programmed to obey, but he chose to give us free will so that we would choose his way and choose to relate to him. Now, again, still in the Adam and Eve story, I found found it quite interesting that it's actually the evil desires in us that see what should be seen as freedom to see it as restriction. Now, I've always found it quite interesting how there's a difference in relaying the instructions. So first of all, God says to Adam, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Okay, so that's the instruction God gives to Adam. Now, when Eve relays the instruction to Satan... She says, we may eat from the trees, uh, uh, eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. Now, there's two, which I've highlighted in red, two differences in their instructions. Now, why is it free? Who likes donuts? (laughs) You... Judy, come, come come eat some donuts. Jim, throw me throw me in the bag there. Okay. Now it's not for you to sit down on. I'm I'm gonna put the donuts on there. You have got to stay in front of it. Okay. Look at them lovely. You can't come on and discuss how I'm doing my illustration. Leave my one in the bag it might not be clean. Worried that people that have been given testimony were farting. <laughs> All right. Now. Lovely donuts. Go go ahead and have a donut. Oh, by the way, just to let you know, I put arsenic in one of them. I did think it was dangerous picking Judy to, to help. <laughs> now, think about having a child, a child inside you probably death isn't a good idea. Yeah? What would you if if there was arsenic in one of them, what's the safest thing for you to do? You get you to park? <laughs> <laughs> oh, why didn't he just program us all as obedient robots? <laughs> Okay, if I wasn't willing to eat one for you, (laughs) what would be the safest thing to do? Not eat any. any. Okay. So the safest thing not to do any. Now, if I say, this is the one with arsenic in it, and I touched it, I put my (laughs) finger through it so you know that that's a no-go, what would you do? That's the one I've just told you. one One of the other ones. Okay, well, you can actually... I have all four of them. Thank you very much, Judy. <laughs> Anyone want the one with arsenic in it? <laughs> it usually plays in gold, but that was a terrible save. Um, the freedom at that point comes when I say which one is, is dangerous. Yeah. If God just said, There's all these trees in the garden, but one of them is going to kill you. They wouldn't be able to eat of any of the fruit. That would be a God that's trying to trap you, trying trying to catch you out. But God said, look, all of these are good. Don't go for this one. This is not good for you. And therefore, there was a freedom. Interestingly, though, also, when you begin to doubt the the heart of the, the gift giver, when you begin to, to, to lose sight of who he is, you can actually become fearful and add in your own legalism. Not touch it either. God never said don't touch it, but she added that in. It's a little, little bit of an extra safety thing because I'm not sure about you. I think you're out here to trap me, so I'm going to add this extra one in. So, going back to the bit, the bit in the verse. Oh yeah, There we go. So don't say God is tempting me. I always find it fine. He's fine. As, soon, as soon as He falls, it was the woman first of all, it' was the woman that you gave me. She gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate it. When we're unwilling to keep our evil desires in check, to keep those, those human, natural, fallen desires in check. We like to blame others. It becomes easier to do that. We blame God for tempting us. We don't give him the credit he deserves for the good that he gives us. And actually we give give Satan the credit that he doesn't deserve because it was the bad choice that we chose. We like to throw the blame everywhere. We like to point at others instead of accepting responsibility for ourselves. Oh, it was her fault that I ate all the chocolate biscuits. She knows she shouldn't buy them, but she bought them, so it's her fault. But it's not taking responsibility for my my evil desire. So, let's come back. What is sin then? Definition I worked on earlier. The act of going beyond a set boundary or limit. This verse I find very helpful in, in James. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and does not do it, for them it's sin. If I know it's good to reach out and care for someone and I don't do it, that's sin for me. I don't need someone writing it up on a list. If I know it's I should forgive Jeremy for, for beating me in football again, if I know that it's right to do that and I don't do it, to me it's sin. Now, sin isn't only the big things like murder and adultery and things like that. I reckon for, for me and probably for a lot of us, it's a lot of the little things. It's just the little tweaks that, that we get muddled up with or muddled up with. Uh, you remember this picture um, from a few weeks back when we talked about being cushioned with riches I'd say I've got three parts of the definition of what I'm saying sin might look like for us. It's the choice of comfort instead of obedience. It's that choice to rely on things that that can make us feel better. And when we talked about this a few weeks ago, we talked about it's about relying on looks, on wealth or our job, relying on other people, relying on our talents, our personality, our ability to manipulate to protect me. I cushion myself with things to protect me from things that are scary. Sometimes for, for me, it might be, oh, I feel so tired tonight. I, I don't think I'll go out to that meeting. I think, I, think uh, I need to pamper myself a little bit. Can be, well, I can't see anything more that I can do to help that person, so I won't bother. And sometimes it feels like, as well as what we do, it feels like for me, I need to take care of myself here because no one else cares for me. I pamper myself. I put lots of, lots of comfort on myself. And I forget what does God want. That's one of the things that I think sin looks like for us. Another thing that sin looks like is the choice to take something which he hasn't allocated to me. Whether it's a tree in the garden, whether it's, I want this relationship. I've given so much service to God, now I want something for myself. I must have those new clothes. I must have those Air Max. Is that what Air Max, was that what we said on Friday? I I had to find out what's cool these days, because I don't know anymore. I, I thought it used to be Gola. Gola, yeah. And L.A. Lights. Did anyone have L.A. Lights when they're younger? Oh, my goodness. I was really not cool even when I was younger. (laughs) I deserve more respect than her. I've got the right to be offended after what they've done. All of these things are taking things from myself that he hasn't allocated for me. And it can feel like people are trying to squash me no, I'm, I'm going to take something for myself here. It feels like you don't want to be open and tell people what's going on inside because you don't want to be lectured or you don't want them to stop you. It can feel like if I don't have this, everything's ruined. And it feels like the more I'm told I can't have it, the more I want it. And finally... It's the choice to focus on me above God and all others. Now, in all these definitions, for me, when I think about it, I don't think we're people that are going out and robbing banks or or being openly racist in the marketplace or things like that. I don't think that's us. But I think it's much more subtle for us. And I was thinking... It's that slackness. It's that, that sleepiness that sometimes we have where we do think, oh, I really want that. Oh, I need this now. Or we think, oh, well, I have worked a little bit hard. I think I probably, probably need to have a, have a relax. And our focus is about me. In a Proverbs 6, it talks about a little slumber. I like the way that the message puts it. A nap here... A nap there, a day off here, a day off there. Sit back, take it easy. You know what comes next? Just this. You look forward to a dirt poor life with poverty as your permanent house guest. As the consequence of those little things of just a little bit of comfort, just this thing for me, let's focus on what I want and let's look after me. So again, going back to the point, don't say that God is tempting me. Don't, let's not blame God. Whose fault is sin? Nice and simply, it's mine. I choose it. Why do I choose it? Why is it not someone else's fault? Because God says these things. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted... He will provide a way out so that you can endure it. Wow. He knows exactly what I can handle, and he won't push me beyond it. And he will also provide an alternative. He'll provide for me a way to get out. Oh, all these people are so mean to me, but he graces me to be able to live differently. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him. He's given us everything we need. There's no excuse. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Don't say God is tempting me. So God, if if God isn't trying to trap me, why does he allow me to go through trials and tests? I'm saying that they're different because it's good for me. It produces perseverance and completion. It makes us more like him. It's for our protection. Why why are we encouraged to test smoke alarms? So that we know that they go off in the time that we need it. He wants us to journey with us, with him. God doesn't need to test me to know the answer. He already knows. It said it in that previous verse. He knows what I can handle but he allows me to go through trials and tests for my own good to prove that he's right to have set his hope in me. Sometimes it's God that sits the test. So when we think, oh, it's a big test, it's a big test, but it's God sitting the exam for us to say, look, look, i got an A in looking after you. Trust in me next time. Be more assured of me. Right, I've got a couple of video clips here for you. Oh, just before you press play, let me explain. Uh, This is Pitch Black, which is a really bad movie from long ago. Um, But they're on this island, uh, on this planet, and there's all these horrible creatures, really ugly things, looking a little bit like Daniel Jones, Um, and uh, they don't look anything like him. But they attack you when you get into the darkness. Yeah. And so they think, oh, don't worry, everything will be all right. We're we'll just stay, we'll just stay in, in during the night. Um, we, we'll just go out during the daylight. And then surprise, surprise, they discover they're just about to have a solar eclipse and they won't be able to see. It's going to be dark for like three years. But they've got to get from one place to the next place in order to get the spaceship off of the planet again. Okay? So it's a, a common issue that we all face. So this is their escape plan. This is how they're gonna try and get, get across. So that's the first clip, and we got a second clip that Clive's just gonna get ready here. So the, the safety was staying in the light. The light was there for their own protection. What was it that, that forced them to leave the light? Nothing forced them. Their own evil desires forced them. So someone take, the first kid takes it off because he wants something that was out of his reach. The second guy got fearful and just kind of lost track of what he was doing and craw- crawled away. So when we're tempted, we're dragged away by our own evil desires. We're looking for something that we, that, that's not intended for us. This next clip is um, of this character here. Um, is it a poo or a boo? Is it a boo? Okay, I'll stop calling him a poo then. <laughs> um, so in this, in this next clip, we're seeing uh, Aladdin in the uh, Temple of Treasure or something. The Cave of Wonders. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> How many times have you seen it? <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, I don't think I'm to say anything more. Pretty intense clips, huh? Poor. So, I put myself in danger when I step out of the light. When I turn aside from my instructions, I put myself in danger. So, don't say God is tempting me. Oh, no, that's gone backwards. Okay, so the next bit of the verse, it talks about then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin, when it's fully grown, gives birth to death. There's a domino effect in what we're talking about. Something that's good that explains the domino effect is uh, Joyce Meyer's phrase here. Thoughts lead to words words lead to action actions build your character your character determines your destiny there is a domino effect of how how we go about things so how do we keep our desires in check how do we make sure that we're not dragged away by our evil desires well if we think about what Joyce Mayer said thoughts leads to words. So starting with thoughts, and we've talked about this a fair bit, so I don't want to go back into it a lot. But think what you're thinking about. Let's be deliberate in our thoughts. If we spend a lot of time allowing the thoughts of, oh, if I just had that one more thing, if I shouldn't be treated like this, be careful what you're thinking about, because your thoughts lead to words, your words lead to actions, your actions build your character, and your character determines your destiny. What does the Bible say about it? Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. There's a choice. We've got to choose what we think about. I remember when I first saw the phrase, think what you're thinking about. I never thought to think about what I think about. I just thought it. But we have a responsibility to select what we think about. For as he thinks within himself, so he is. So, going back to, going back to the the, the verses that we're talking about. The, This danger of being sidetracked is something that God is warning us about here. But it goes on to say, don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. I've got some young people that are going to come help me now, so... Let's, let's get get you out of here. Come stand on the line. I want to hear what good and perfect gift have you have you received. Now, some of you might have had preparation, but even if you've not had preparation, I want you to come up. And you just stand at the end. Then it gives you time. Okay. Good and perfect gift. Yeah, whatever. Um, uh, what I've been asking, I've been asking God to um. Um, I've been like, applying to six forms and I found out that I got into the one I wanted, so um, I'm really happy and that's a gift he's given me. Good. So a good and perfect gift. Now, guys, why we listen to this? This isn't just, oh, this is nice young people saying stuff. We want to see his heart. You remember what I started with? His heart that is jealous for me. His heart that loves me. What we were experiencing during that worship. Of catching a sight of him. So use these testimonies, use these stories to think. God, remind me why you are so good. Why every perfect and good gift comes from you.
1: I was asking God for peace,
0: Hi. for like to have His peace. Like in situations at school where I get like quite stressed or worried, and I, like, I feel a lot calmer. Like you know. good, yeah. excellent. I think God's perfect gift for me is His love. Good. Um, I was asking God to, like, help me um, with not caring about what other girls uh, said and thought about me. And, like, I prayed with my mum, and it's like a work in progress. Good. I think God gave me um, miracles going back to my incident with my phone. Um, I've um, I've lost my phone several times before, and, um, yeah, I found it the the exact same place. I lost it. (laughs) (laughs) That, that was a, for, for Bill, that was a really important thing, that this showed that God cares for me. It was a good and perfect gift. Um, yeah, I've had a lot of exams recently, and God's allowed me to be really uh, relaxed about them and actually concentrate on some work, which I'm not particularly good at. So, yeah. I got good grades in maths and science, which I wanted. Good. Excellent. Uh, yeah, he uh, set me free from guilt. So. Good. Prayed at youth, but, um I was stop worrying because I used to worry quite a lot, and so I don't worry anymore. Fantastic. Um, God's given me the gift of my family because if there's anything, I can always go and talk to them. Um, we went on a youth day away um, a while ago, and I think God helped me like understand the meaning of the words in the songs we were singing. Mm,
1: excellent. I was asking God to help me my traveling to go to school and now it's been easy. Good.
0: God healed my left knee and it shows that he really cares about me. Good. Um God set me free from fear. Good. Um God helped me to bring a friend that wasn't in with God and I brought him from to youth and he met with God. Good.
1: Uh, love and being shown his heart and how much he loves all of us.
0: Okay, I remember when that happened for Ben. You bring the mic back. Thank you very much, guys. That was one um, one youth meeting we, we asked God to fill us with his compassion. And I was looking around and like, oh, it doesn't seem anything's really happened. So I said to the, said to the young people, just keep praying and let, let's see if God really does something. And everyone got up and then just realized that Ben was absolutely out of it. Just God revealed his heart for other people and he... he we actually had to lock up the building and, and lift him and carry him out because something God was doing in him. Uh, and that, that story from Ella, I remember that. That was after the, the boom day away where it was the first time in a long time we've seen God break out his Holy Spirit on our young people. And I said to, to, to the, the young people that were in my car, what, what stuck out to you? And then I said, suddenly these words and these songs mean something to me. And I'm thinking, that is our God's. That is the nature of our God that opens up the truth where I could not teach it. I could not make it happen. That is what he's like. That's his love for us. What about Joshua Feroge being able to walk again? Again, this is our God. The the miracle for for Julio is incredible. The fact that I can be set free from sin, that I've got everything that I need to live life how he wants it. All of this stuff is the perfect gift from him. And you know what? And this incredible God chooses you. And that's what it says right at the end of that that verse, that passage. He chose us. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruit of all he created. He chose us. Why? Why? Why would you choose us? Why would you choose me? I could give you a good argument why not to choose me. But he wanted me. That's why he chose me. He wanted me. So, when you see the face of God, when you catch a glimpse of his heart towards us, my question is, why would we turn aside? Why would we step out of the light? Why would we step away from what he's got to go after what I want for myself. The response that I feel that God's given us the opportunity to choose today is this. I want to recommit my life to walk with you. I don't want comfort. I don't want a life based on what I can get for myself. Because even the gems I can get for myself will turn to sand, just like they did for Abu. Abu. I want my life to be about him and his calls because he's incredible he's amazing and he chooses us and he sets his hope in us
1: he's the God who's given us choice it's a wonderful and frightening thing we can choose to blame him we can choose to hold him responsible, we can choose to say God you tempted me, or you didn't do what I determined you should, or we can choose to recognize that every good and perfect gift comes from him. Guys, put like that, it does seem a bit of a a no-brainer, doesn't it? But we have to understand that we, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, that there is an enemy that would have us to make wrong choices but there is a God who's empowered us to make the right choice. The right choice is about reveling in the truth, the reality, the fact that every good and perfect gift comes from Him. Isn't that good? You see, these are times when we want to join together and allow the Holy Spirit, to stir within us so that that, that we actually know of God, that experience, that thing that Jamie just drew attention to from the young people coming into the reality of the words. That's the same as saying, let that which I now know of God rise up and bless me, but more especially bless him. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. All the time. All the time. All the time. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Next week, Mark McGrath will be with us. We look forward to that. If you'd like prayer this morning, do come and uh come here, and the prayer team will be here. You want to make a response to God that you'd like someone to stand with you? If you need prayer for healing, this is the time to do it as we fellowship together.